Well, she kind of stole my message, so you guys are free to go. I'm just kidding. Just a, just a joke. Just joshing you. Well, uh, this week has been a pretty hard uh, week for me. One of my, uh, my dear friends, um, he jumped off of a bridge on Monday, um, went to the hospital, and jumped off of the parking garage at the hospital. Um, and the Lord spared his life twice. Um, so I, I just want to spend a couple minutes, and if you guys would raise your voice and pray for Luke right now. Lord, I just thank you for sparing Luke. I thank you, Lord, that you have, you've kept him. You've put your angels around about him, Lord, that you've covered him in the blood. We speak to his leg right now. We don't have to beg and plead to heal him because we know that he's already healed and that you've already given him the victory. We ask that um, you would just continue to touch him, that you would heal him, that you would overwhelm him with your love, and that you would remind him that he is a son most uh, um, he's a king's kid, and, and that's all he is. There's nothing else that he's done or will do that will remove that, and we're so grateful for you for sparing his life. Uh, I listened to a sermon yesterday, and they use scripture to prove that every single time there's pain that you restore it back to better, just like we were singing, and your, your evidence of your goodness is true and real right now in my life and my week. In Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, it's, it's, it's been a pretty hard week for, for Bailey and I and all of our friends and it, lots of tears, lots of tears. Um, and it's crazy that my dad would ask me to speak on forgiveness um, because when this stuff happens, you one, have to forgive yourself, you have to forgive the other person, and then you also have to forgive God. And it's just a really weird situation because as a 21-year-old I don't like I, I've never been in this situation before and I don't know how to to get through it and so then my dad's like hey you're preaching and I'm like oh great so I'm, I'm just trusting the Lord that uh he gave me what what y'all need and even if it's not for you it's for me I know that for for a fact um but I just want to thank uh Jamal and Lisa thanks for letting me speak and uh be a part of this and, and I'm very grateful for it so Lord I just ask that your will would be done amen so, make room for 2022, right? That, that's what we're, we're talking about. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and tell them what you are making room for in 2022. Everybody said Jesus. Okay, that was the correct answer, yes. Um, but I, I like what Jennifer was saying earlier. It's like, raise your hand if you have a place in your house where, like, it's just overly cluttered. Do you, do you have that place or just you have that place in your house where like everything is locked up and like when there's uh, friends and family or little kids over, you're like, no, you don't go in that room. Do, do not do not touch that room. Do not go in that room. That room is closed. It's locked up. It's bound. You cannot go in there. It's chained. You don't want to know what's in there. You know what? That That's kind of where a lot of our hearts are at right now in 2022 very cluttered, it, it, it's locked up in a room, and you, you've made no more space. It's all cluttered, it's locked up, and you're not getting rid of it. Um, and, and that's really where the Lord kind of put my heart to speak about, because if we're going to make room, you have to get rid of things to make room. Most rooms right now, there's not a lot of room because there's chairs in it, but if we removed all these chairs, imagine how much room there would be. That's making room. You have to get rid of things to make something, to make space, room. So 
Starting off immediately, just going to point one, that this is going to be a quick, simple, easy message because it's foundational. Number one, forgiveness is a gift. Can we all agree with that? Obviously, the gift from the Father, His Son, forgiveness. But when you're forgiving another person, that's also a gift for the other person and yourself. We're going to get more deep into that as I continue to speak to you guys today. This is the key foundation to our relationship with God. It is a gift, right? The Father sent his only son to do what? Die for our sins so that we could have a relationship with him, right? We, we all know that. That's foundational. When you are forgiving someone, you're giving them and yourself a gift. You're granting yourselves the room. That's, there's that key word, right? The room. You are granting yourselves the room and ability for Jesus to grant you freedom. We were just talking about it while we were worshiping. We have freedom. But, it, but if you're being bitter, like you were talking about, Pastor Jen, if you're being bitter, you can't get better. You can't access that freedom because you're clogging up room in your heart. You're just cluttering it up, and you're leaving stuff in there. And how are we going to allow Holy Spirit to operate if it's cluttered? We've got to make room. So if, if you've been given the greatest gift ever, why not be like Christ and give the greatest gift too? I was, on, I was on the way here this morning, and I was just spending some time alone with the Lord, just praying and asking him, use me. I know this was all cluttered together really fast. Just use me. And he said, if you want to be the most Christ-like you can possibly be, be a forgiving person. Be, he said, it's the foundation of your faith. No matter what you've gone through, continue to forgive. So each and every one of us has had to forgive someone at some point. Can you raise your hand, give me a nod, say amen if you've had to forgive someone. Each one of us has been hurt. Raise your hand if you've ever been hurt by someone. I mean deeply hurt. Just like all your heart breaks, you could even throw up because you're just so sad and hurt and disgusted by what happened. But at one point, we were all forgiven by someone. You know, a lot of preachers are like, well, when you sin, you do that same thing to the Father, you know? And, and whatever you want to believe about that, go ahead and believe about it. That's between you and Holy Spirit. But I do know that God hurts when I hurt. But even the person that hurt me so badly and made me disgusted, he forgave them. So if I want to be like Christ, I must forgive the same person. So when I hurt, the Lord hurts. And even though the Lord's hurting that I'm hurt, he's already forgiven the hurter who hurt me. You falling wrong? Give me some head nods. Okay. All right. I like definitions. Okay. I, I, I'm going to be a teacher, so I want to know and understand what I'm talking about. Forgiveness. Giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. That is good stuff right there, you know, because we also see in scripture that the vengeance is the Lord's, you know? So if someone hurts me, it's not my job to get back at them and hurt them. The Lord's already forgiven them. Like I just said, we've got to forgive. Another definition that I got from the great source of Google is just letting go of the hurt. Just, just letting go of it, you know? And, and I think that that has to be the first step is you got to let go of the person that hurt you so that you can heal. Every relationship, raise your hand if you've ever been in a relationship or you have a relationship, whether you're married, you have friends, whatever it may be, all of us in here. Friendships, dating, marriage, you have to forgive. 
the foundation, and, and uh, this is all going somewhere. I know I'm repeating myself. Don't, don't turn me off yet. The foundation of our faith, the starting point of our faith of Christianity is built on forgiveness. It's built on it. It's the cornerstone. It is the stepping stool. The stepping stool to get to God is because Jesus came and forgave us. All right, I'm going to read Colossians 3.13. If you're old-fashioned and old, you can open up your Bible, or you, can, or you can look on your phone, and then for the young people here that can actually see, you can see the TV behind me. So, so go ahead, follow along. Sorry, that was a little mean. Forgive me, forgive me. So, Colossians 3.13. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. Foundation, right? Why are we forgiving other people? Because Christ forgave us. No matter what we've done, no matter what we will do, it's already forgiven, right? So no matter what people do to you, we're gonna try to forgive. If you find fault with someone Someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. Release. That's a key word. Remember that. Release. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave us himself and forgave us our sins once and for all. Raise your hand if you're God. Oh, yeah, none of us. None of us are God. Yeah, I just remembered that. So I just want to give a few points of how to forgive. I believe that the Lord knew how to forgive, and some people might say that it was hard for him to forgive. I disagree. I believe that he is so loving that his nature is just straight forgiveness, and it was so easy. That's why I said, oh, who's God? None of us. None of us. Forgiveness is the quote-unquote blood that flows through God. You know, so we have blood flowing through us. I believe that the blood that flows through the Lord is forgiveness. So I am just giving practical steps here. You know, I don't have all the answers, but here are some things that have helped me in my life. Number two, my second point is forgiveness is not a feeling. It is a choice. It is, you do not feel, you do not feel to forgive. This might embarrass Bailey, but Bailey and I broke up when I was about 18, she was just uh, in her second year of high school, okay? And when she broke up with me, the moment she did it, I made a choice. I said, I forgive you already. She couldn't, she couldn't wrap her head around that. She said, but, but I just did it. And I said, I know that you just did it, but it doesn't matter. I make the choice now to forgive you so that while I'm in the progression of forgiving, it'll be a constant choice. If you, if you can train your mind to automatically choose to do something, then the process is going to be easier. So, so let's make it a challenge and, a, and, a, and a, a stepping stone in our lives. As soon as someone does something wrong to us, immediately choose to forgive. Because I guarantee you, when you are first hurt by someone, do you actually feel like you want to forgive them? No, because the response or, or the reaction of as soon as we're hurt is what? Here's my fist. I'm, I'm ready to hurt you back. You know, that, that's the human nature. As soon as I'm hurt, oh, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to get you back. But if we choose to have a response of forgiveness, 
It's, okay, I choose to forgive you, but I'm going to walk away because I still want to punch you in the face, you know? We have to choose to let go of the hurt and forgive. Listen, I, I'm, I know that I'm, I'm almost downplaying the hurt, but I want everybody to look at me right now. Anything that you have been hurt by, it was real, and I'm so sorry that you went through that. It breaks my heart that you had to go through anything that you've gone through. But you also have to let it go. You have to release the forgiveness and give it to the Lord because he's going to help you. Sometimes when we forgive someone, it might happen slowly. You know, slow and steady wins the race. That's okay. For me and my buddy Will, we, have, we live such an unoffendable life that as soon as someone hurts us, I'm ready to forgive you. It's, it's in the blood, you know? It's in the blood, and I'm ready to keep on moving. But if, if you have to do it slowly, that's okay. Do not compare yourself to someone else's journey. You're, you're, you're comparing your lowest low to someone's highlight reel, you know? So if you're watching ESPN, they only have the best of the best on there, you know? The best plays, the best things that happen. If you're comparing yourself to someone else's journey, you're looking at your lowest low, you're in the pit, you're on your knees crying out while someone else is, is on the, cl- the clouds winning championships. You following? You know what I mean? So do not compare the journey of forgiveness. You have to forgive and keep forgiving. You have to love and keep loving. All of those are choices. Now I'm going to read Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Uh, this is a very fundamental verse that a lot of people know, and I believe that it works here. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask, and the gift is yours. Gift, what gifts are we talking about? The gift of forgiveness. Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For every, everybody say every. Every. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. If you really want to choose to forgive, it's your decision to seek God's help. That, that's why I said this is a choice. You know, it was Jesus' choice to get on the cross. The Lord gave him that free will to make the decision, but he was obedient to the Father and said, you know what, I will do it. So just like Jesus' choice, we also have a choice to make. You know, and I can even show you, Jesus was in the garden seeking the Father on what to do. If you want to forgive someone, if you truly want to forgive someone, you seek the Father, he will help you. I promise. I promise you that. Listen to me, forgiveness will come if you don't give up. I'm I'm not going to give up. If someone hurts me, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to press on and run the race until I can forgive them. I think people don't forgive because it is hard. Like, like listen to me, like all, all the naysayers that might be disagreeing with what I'm saying right now, that's okay. Forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness hurts, you know, because every single time that you try to forgive, you have to replay that hurt in your mind until you get over it. You're just replaying and thinking about that thing until you can let it go and let God take care of it. Number three, and we're almost done. You're going to make it to lunch on time. Not forgiving just makes it worse for you. For you. Obviously, the person that hurt you doesn't care. 
So, so why are you going to let, let them, the, the kids nowadays, say, live rent-free? You know, when you're just thinking about someone who's, they're just living in your brain and living in your heart every single day, you're thinking about them. Why are you letting them live rent free in your head and your mind, you know, in your heart? It's only hurting you. I know that you were hurt or upset, but if you don't let it go and forgive them, bitterness will consume you. And like Pastor Jen said, bitter does not equal better. You do not get better if you continue to be bitter. If you hold on to the hurt, if you hold on to the unforgiveness, you will only be bitter, and bitterness is the gateway to hatred. Unforgiveness is the gateway to hatred. We don't want to hate anyone. As Christians, we are called to live at peace and love everyone we possibly can. So if you are bitter, you are literally on the way to hatred. And and that's such a harsh thing to say. I know it's not the grace life way, but like that, that's rough, but it's true. You know, if you are not letting go of these things, you will continue to be on the pathway to hating something or hating someone. And that's a scary place to be. I don't want to be there. I don't want to hate anything. We, we teach my nieces and nephews not to say the word hate because at a young age, hate is a strong word and you don't want to get that word attached to your heart and your soul and your mind. So I want everyone to please write this down, all right? If, if you've got a pen or paper, you've got a phone, take a picture of it, get ready. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. That's a good word right there. So I'm going to explain how forgiveness sets you free, okay? Pastor Jim and I were talking at the beginning when I started of how we all have that place in our house where I said, oh, it's locked up by chains. It's locked up. You can't get in there, you know? I believe, this is my own personal opinion, the Lord shows me visions, and this is the vision that he showed me. So... If you are living in unforgiveness and you won't forgive someone, this is how forgiveness literally sets you free. So I believe that if you um, picture a heart around me. So I believe that you get locked up in a heart. So say that someone comes and offends me and hurts me. I believe that that hurt, if I let it, if I let it hurt me, shackles me up, Okay in the corner of, of my heart, you know, and, and I've made a fence in front of me, you know. So then until I forgive them, I'm bound. I can't move. Has anybody felt bound before when you were unforgiven? Like you can't move. Everything bad is happening to you. There's nowhere else you can turn because you're just stuck. You're stuck. I believe that unforgiveness just makes you stuck. You're shackled. You're chained. But as soon as as you make the choice to forgive that metaphorical fence that's in front of me, Jesus, who's already in your heart, you're making room for him to operate. He busts down that door and he looses the chains and that's how you get free. That, that's how you get true freedom right there. You're making room for him to operate because it's like I said, you're locked up, you're bound, you're chained. Then you have a fence in front of you. But as soon as you say, Lord, help me forgive. 
boom, he's, he's operating there. He's ready to make room. You're ready to make room for him to operate. Okay, almost done. Wrapping it up. Three quick steps to forgiving. Number one, open your heart. You have to have an open heart. If you go back and look in the Gospels, every single time that Jesus healed someone or forgave someone, Scripture says that he was moved to compassion. How can you have compassion on someone if you have a closed heart? You can't. You can't. You can't have compassion when you look at people if your heart is closed and cluttered. If you have a closed-off heart or a cluttered heart with no room, then there's no way you'll allow Holy Spirit to do the work in your heart to begin to forgive. Open your heart to try and understand what and why this happened. I've got a quick side note for you. You might not ever understand why, and that's okay. I don't understand why one of my best friends did the thing that they did this week, you know, but the Lord told me it's okay. You, and I talked to one of my mentors, and they said, you might not even know why until you get to heaven, but you have to make the decision to forgive the Lord because he obviously has better plans. He obviously knows why you're not allowed to know right now. Trust him. Depend on him. Open your heart to the possibility to mend the hurt, broken relationship, whatever happened. You know, we are supposed to live lives of restoration. We are supposed to live lives of reconciliation. Now, if the person is toxic, you can still forgive and distance yourself. Because in that, you're loving them from a distance, and that is okay. That is okay. If they are continuously hurting you over and over and over again, and it's a toxic situation, you can remove yourself. You can forgive from a distance. You can still be like Christ. And anyone who tells you that you can keep going through of it, I'm saying don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. Because anything that's going to hurt you is not from Christ. You know, Christ doesn't want us to hurt. He wants us to live an abundant life full of health, wealth, and healing. So open your heart to your father. You cannot heal unless you do this. This is the most important part. You know, I've been giving practical steps, but if you do not open your heart to the heavenly father, to Holy Spirit, and let them do the work, we, we can't do it, you know? Like, I, I'm trying to help out the people that might listen to this that don't believe, but I'm also trying to help the people that do believe, you know? It, it's both. And to those that do believe, allow Holy Spirit to help you. He's not scary. He's the paraclete, and that means helper. If you, if you want to forgive, ask him to help you. I promise he will help you. He wants nothing more to help you. He doesn't want you hurt. He does not want you chained up, bound, having a fence in front of you that he can't get to. I'm not saying that we're limiting God. That's just the picture that I got. We're not making room for him to work because all he wants to do is use you for the kingdom. Number two, extend compassion, like I just said. And listen, the cliche thing, like Pastor Jen said, cliches are cliches because they work. I've said that before while I've preached. Cliches are cliches because they work. Put yourself in their shoes. What are they going through? Maybe they only hurt you because they're suicidal, and the only way that they know to get out is to lash out. You know, they're only getting out their pain by lashing out. You have no clue what people are going through. And I want to give a challenge. Check on someone every single day this week. Every single day. And, and Josh Mills can tell you this. 
I check on someone in our group every single day. One person every single day because you have no clue what people are going through. And if you don't know what they're going through, then you don't understand why they're treating you the way they're treating you, you know? And listen, the hurt's real. The hurt is real. But I think it's a Christ-like thing if we look past the hurt and we look at the human behind the hurt. So you, you can't do this without an open heart, and no one but God knows what they're going through. He, he, he's the know-it-all. Lisa says it all the time. He knows everything. Let's allow him to know that stuff, and he's going to help us take care of our fellow human beings. So I'm going to read two more verses, um, and then I'm going to wrap it up here in a minute. So Ephesians 4.32, if anybody wants to flip there. Are y'all enjoying this? Is this helping anybody? Good. Everybody knows this verse, Ephesians 4.32. When people begin to talk about forgiveness, this is usually one that they, they go to. So if Ephesians 4.32 says, But instead, be kind or compassionate. Um, this, this word kind here, by the way, can also be sweet. We can be sweet to one another. You know, we can have a sweet spirit to all people. But instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Has he? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. You know, we forget to add that part. You know, in the depths of Christ's love. How deep is Christ's love for us? It's completely selfless. If you want to forgive someone, it might take you to be completely selfless. You know, I've heard stories of an old lady where her family was um, uh, in, in concentration camps back in World War II. And then one of the men that put her family in a gas chamber, and she was the only one that survived, she went around and she preached sermons all around the world about forgiveness. And then one day she was in Germany. And while she was in Germany, the man, she remembered his face, came up to her while she was preaching, and he said sorry. And all she could do was drop to her knees, and she felt the Lord say, remember to forgive. That, that's talking about complete selflessness. You know, that's hard to forgive someone that killed your whole entire family. You know, think about that. Let that resonate in your mind and your spirit. That's the depths of Christ's love and forgiveness for us. 1 Peter 3.8. Now, this is the goal. This is the what? The goal. Now, this is the goal to live in harmony with one another and demonstrate affectionate love, sympathy, and kindness towards other believers. Let humility describe who you are as you dearly love one another. So there's a scripture in the Bible that says they will know you by your love. We are called to be examples for the Father. On this earth, we are called to be the examples. How are the unbelievers going 
to see the goodness and come to repentance if they're not seeing us humbly loving one another, forgiving one another. They're not. A lot of the kids that I talk to in college are not going to church because of the drama. When Frank can't forgive Jen and they're in the same church, why do people want to go to a church when there's no love and forgiveness? And that's one of the main reasons kids in college don't want to go. They say, why do these people preach love and the main thing that started their religion is forgiveness, but they can't forgive one another and they still go to the same church? They said that just doesn't even make sense. His word calls us to show compassion at all times. This doesn't minimize the offense. Listen, this doesn't minimize the offense. Just because you're supposed to love someone doesn't mean the hurt isn't real. The hurt's real. If you need help, get help. Number three, release the person from the prison you put them in inside your heart. You know, when, when you have hurt someone and they're trying to forgive you back, you've just put them in the same position that you were in. Frank, if you can come play. But how many times have you heard this saying, um, I'll never forgive Jen for punching my mom in the face? You know, that's just like a, a crazy example, but that's the thing that I thought of. You know, or, or, or I'll never forgive Bailey for the bad gift that she got me on Christmas. She didn't give me any bad gifts. They were all great. That, that's locking someone in a prison, you know? That is an ultimate statement. And, and our words have what? The, the Bible tells us that our words have power. It's life and death. If you are speaking those negative words, you're putting that person in a prison, and that's death. You've, you've given them a death sentence if you're saying that. You cannot be set free from your bitterness hatred, hurt, unless you unlock the one who hurt you. You can't get free unless you let them go, you know? Because really, if you want to think about it, they're locked up on the left, you know? We're locked up in the right, and guess what? The person in the middle should be Christ, just like he was on the cross. There was two people beside him. We're both locked up. We both should have taken that cross, but he took the cross for us, forgave us, let's do the same for them. You can't have an open heart. You can't begin to show compassion, compassion until you choose to unlock, forgive, and release the hurt or the hurter from the prison in your heart. It's real stuff. You know, I, I have a buddy whose family struggles for years, decades, that they won't get together because there's two individuals that won't forgive each other. And that causes so much damage and trauma to the younger kids because why can't we see these people together? Why can't we see these two people learn to forgive and let go and let God do the work, you know? And listen, my, my, my mom said this last night and it was a joke, but push, pray until something happens. If you really want this forgiveness to happen, push. Push on. Keep forgiving. Continue to choose to forgive. So if you would all stand, we're, we're going to go ahead and start pushing right now. I have two prayers that we're going to pray together, and we're going to push. So right before we start to pray, 
I want you to think of someone that you have to forgive, okay? This is, this is a someone this time, okay? Because I have two. One's for someone and one's for self. So think of that person, all right? And repeat after me. Jesus, by an act of my free will, I choose to forgive. Now say this person's name. Four, now say the things that they've done. And I'll give you a little bit of time. That my heart has held against them. For the things they did, the things they said, the way it made me feel, and the effects it has had on my life. I release it all to you now, Jesus. And I release it and let it go. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe freedom can come from that. And if you, if you, if you want that, you can take a picture of it. Now, now there's one more, okay? A lot of times we've locked ourselves in that prison and there's no one else. We've hurt ourselves. You know, we regret things. We feel guilty. We feel shameful for the things that we've done. And we've got to remember, we've got to forgive ourselves too. So let's pray this one. Jesus, by an act of my free will, I choose to forgive myself for the things that I blame, regret, resent, beat myself up about. I release them to you with the guilt and the shame and the weight that it's carried in my heart and mind. And I let it go in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Lord, I just pray and ask that this would be a word that is not taken lightly. You know, your scripture tells us to be not just hearers of your word, but doers of your word. And I pray and ask that we can learn to do this, that it would become such an, just such an easy choice, just like the reaction of a sneeze is, that we can just be able to forgive as soon as it happens. Lord, I pray and ask that if anyone is bitter and still holding on after this message, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would go into their heart right now and that you would break down the stones and the walls uh, that they have, they've built up on their own and that they've um, just basically put up a fence and not let you in. I pray and ask that you would come in and help them. In Jesus' name, amen.